You're listening to the Small Town Monsters Broadcasting Network. You can find out more about this and other network shows, as well as Small Town Monsters films, books, our upcoming Kickstarter campaign, and much more at smalltownmonsters.com. Welcome to the very first edition of STM Live of the new year. It is an honor and a privilege to be here with you guys, as always. A bunch of our regular viewers in the chat already. Great to see all of you. Um, We did have two new squad members sign up today, and normally we shout you out at the beginning of the show, uh, but those notifications have disappeared for me for some reason. So terribly sorry about that. Whoever you are, though, we see you and we appreciate you. A couple announcements at the top of the hour. There's, like always, guys, a lot of great stuff going on, uh, but we do want to hit a few high points. The next Small Town Monsters Kickstarter is almost here we are less than 30 days away this is a huge deal guys this this is tremendously important to everything that we do over here at small town monsters and it also gets you in on the ground floor of the next round of stm films you get your name in the credits this past week we revealed the poster for dogman territory werewolves in the land between the lakes with art by chelsea Lowe. Um, this is one of several films that you can get your name in the credits by joining the campaign on February 1st. You'll have all of the month of February to sign up, uh, but don't miss out on that. There's a ton of great stuff that's going to go along with that, some of which we haven't even announced yet. There's stuff that I can't even tell you about that I'm so stoked on, so get ready for that, and also get ready for Monster Fest 2 next year. Not this year. Holy, holy goodness. This year, June 29th, 2024, Canton, Ohio at the Doubletree by Hilton. If you were at Monster Fest 1, I mean, you already know it's going to be great. If you weren't at Monster Fest 1, we missed you and we can't wait to hang out with you. So don't miss that. And last but not least, we have a new episode of The Lore You Know available on your podcasting platform of choice. This week's guest is Mr. Easton Hawk, who created the Monster Fest poster that you were literally just looking at. Um, In addition to The Lore You Know, great show hosted by our very own Heather Mosier, every episode of this show is available in an audio format on your podcasting platform of choice. So go back and check that out if I said something dumb one night and you want to write it down so I can never forget it. That sounds great. Without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring up both of tonight's guests. I know you guys are excited to hear from them. I definitely am. COO of Small Town Monsters, frequently seen in Small Town Monsters films. I know him as Park Ranger Adam from the Jersey Devil. Mr. Adam Dugan, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. Thank you so much for having me on here. I am excited. Yes. Me too. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm very hyped. And of course, of course, who can forget... Was was Adam's name in Jersey Devil really Adam? No, no, that's just what I call Park Ranger Dean. Dean? Okay. When I the first time I saw that movie, I just knew who he was from social media, and Mm -hmm. like immediately in my head, I was like, "Oh, it's Park Ranger Adam." So (laughs) works for me. Call me whatever. It works. That's my that's my bad. Um, How you doing, Seth? How's how's everything? Uh, I'm good. I'm great. I'm living, living large. I'm in the middle of editing. Uh, I'm, I'm toward the tail end of editing, uh, on the trail of Bigfoot, the origin. So that is eating up my life right now, which I'm hoping to have a cut, like a close to final cut done by Friday. So very excited about that. And that, that is a film that will be available to, Kickstarter backers from last year. Uh, It was supposed to be done in right at the beginning of December, and it just it's it's drug out. The it's a exceptionally long entry in the series. It's it's going to be 
probably right around an hour and 45 minutes, which is pretty long for that series. So um, it's been a lot more intensive on the editing side of things than I was expecting. We had, plus it's like a really personal story. It's about, you know, we shot it right after my mom died um, back in May. And so it, it goes through my th thoughts on that because the whole, the shoot was so specifically placed between when she died and her funeral. Like there was this five day period where I just left Ohio right after she died and went to British Columbia, shot this movie, came back and the next day was literally like her funeral. So I couldn't originally, I thought about leaving that out and, and um, decided to make it, make it a lot more personal than I typically do with these things. And then Mark and I are splitting narration duties on that, which has been kind of a challenge just as a editor to figure out how to make that work you know, from mm -hmm. a storytelling perspective where you have two narrators. We've only done that in one other movie and it's always a fun experiment. That's going to be cool. Yeah. I can't wait to see that one. I know I've been seeing just the comments on our social channels. I know people are excited about it. So, mm -hmm. you know, eagerly, yeah. eagerly anticipating that. <laughs> yeah. It's a very, um, introspective, uh, entry in the series and, and, um, you know, it's got a lot more to say than, the typical movies we've made in that, in that, you know, series so far, but it also has the stuff I think people love. So hopefully it's a, a little bit of the crossing of streams b between like my emo past and my Bigfoot present. I'm going to say the, the intro, I, I, I had the opportunity to see a very rough cut. I think Seth would tell you very, very rough cut of early. And it did like the, uh, the combination, not like to get super artsy. I'm also a, I, not even recovering emo kid, still an emo kid. The the combination of like the human element of it with all Seth was dealing with, and then just the subject matter itself is really interesting. And I mean, I mean, I, I'll say it. I mean, I, I was tearing up pretty hardcore in the beginning of it. I think I texted Seth that right afterwards. Like, it's really good. Like, I, it's really good. It's unique in that in this world as it is like as a whole. I think. Nothing, cool. nothing, nothing wrong with being an emo boy. I have tickets to see Fallout Boy in June, so there you go. <laughs> you know, you just you, you do what you do. You uh, but no, I, I'm I'm very excited for this film. Well, I'm sure we'll come back and talk about it as we get a little closer. Um, but tonight, tonight, we're talking Last Frontier, which is one of my favorites. I've I've really liked this film since before I properly met you guys. So I'm excited to kind of get in the weeds on it. Um, Alaska. I had a question about Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> Alaska I love I love the lead in. <laughs> well, like I, I, that's how I started it in my notes. Alaska. Period. <laughs> What's up okay. with that? <laughs> What's up with Alaska? How how long were you guys on the ground in Alaska for this shoot? Because a lot of ground is covered. There's a lot going on in this film. How how much time did you have to get all this shot? Um, we were we were there for 17 days, which is like by far the longest. STM shoot and and originally I had thought of that as maybe like the way we would do things going forward. I was like maybe this is what we do because while we were there, we shot on the trail of Bigfoot: The Last Frontier, on the trail of Bigfoot: Land of the Missing, um, and then the Alaskan Coastal Sasquatch was also shot while we were there. So there was a oh, and then like there were multiple episodes of BTT actually. Um, so it was a big it was a big undertaking um and we we felt like you know the 17 day shoot would really uh allow us to do more we quickly realized 
when we came home that the, the for one thing the cost is extraordinary when you're doing that and then the other thing is just like time away from family and loved ones and stuff it's just too much time so 17 days and then we hit all i think there's five major regions to alaska and we hit every one of them uh in some capacity so we i mean we really saw a lot of what alaska has to offer in that 17 day um time time span i mean there was there was constant movement going on after that first like four days we were in we we were in anchorage and then we went from anchorage to homer in homer we all got sick and we were supposed to be doing a lot more in homer but we mostly ended up just laid up in bed for for four or five days and then once we got going from there then we were moving we went to uh what is that place called talkeetna i forget there was there's palmer was one um yeah we're all over i mean the my the highlight for me was being in denali um just because it's denali (laughs) uh so that was uh yeah and we but we really did we saw the really you know the areas that actually have people and we saw the areas where there's not a person around so i felt like we got to experience a lot of what it has to offer and a lot of like what drew me to that state so much when i was a kid do you did you end up having to do any interviews or anything while you were sick just out of like necessity Oh, yeah yeah for sure yeah uh, we weren't it wasn't like sick sick we're we're still not clear on what we had it could have <laughs> honestly been really bad jet lag because um you know you spent 21 hours flying there uh and then you're on a time uh, a time delay and it, it was just i don't know what it was there was something it could have been altitude because we went um the house we were staying in sat on top of this like big mountain overlooking Homer. Um, whatever it was, everyone felt the same way except Zach. Zach was like floating on air the entire time we were there. And the rest of us are like staggering around, uh, you know, like having trouble breathing. And it was, it was weird, whatever it was, but it passed and uh, we did. Yeah. We got work done while things were going on. Um, we, we also shot a lot of B-roll. Um, it was weird. It was literally the second we would leave the, the Airbnb and go down to like Homer proper or be down on the beach or something. Everyone was kind of fine. But the second we had to go back up to the house, everyone was like, the question, was it paranormal? Was, yeah, it was an entity. We were being haunted by a Bigfoot spirit who did not want us in the 49th state. He's like, get it, get out. (laughs) <laughs> get out of here mm-hmm. <laughs> um i should have said this at the beginning but there are more people here now uh guys please do drop your questions and comments in the chat um usually the questions start rolling in like halfway through the show and then we get a, a billion of them but uh throw those in there anytime and we will ask seth and adam things that i don't know the answer to mainly seth seth will know the answers <laughs> <laughs> So let's see. We actually do have a couple audience questions. We can go ahead and get to those. This is a comment, not a question, but we're going to do it anyway. Our friend Julie Bug, uh, all the Bigfoot episodes have been top notch. I couldn't pick a favorite if I had to. You do amazing work. Can't wait to see what's next. Thank you, Julie. Very kind of you. And Vicky says the film was amazing, period. Four words. 
Love it. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, you know, I mean, the backstory is. It's interesting. The backstory on this movie was we really did go to shoot one film. Um, Alex and Eli were doing their own stuff, but but I went to film on the trail of Bigfoot: The Last Frontier, and then we. I say it in Land of the Missing, the the sighting stories we were getting were not garden variety sort of like Bigfoot stories. They were they're very like dark. And and it got to the extent that I was like, oh, we, we got to make a separate movie because for one thing we had done, I think there was like 18 or 19 interviews on this movie, which is way too much for a single film. Yeah. Um, but so many of them really were focusing on the darker side of, of Bigfoot lore in Alaska, uh, which is really prevalent over there. Um, and so we just, you know, like it naturally became a, at during, over the course of filming the movie, we just made a second movie, um, which worked out because we had a lot of shooting time. So we were able to just, you know, Heather kept piling on interviews and we just kept chasing the, you know, the, those particular stories, um, to the extent that like, while we were driving to, um, when we were driving from, what was it? Palmer, I think to Denali, um, my mind is blanking on the name of that town we stayed at in Denali, but while we were driving there, we stopped, um, in this little village and, uh, because Heather had scrounged up another interview on that drive uh with with a guy who became like a very um big piece of of land of the missing which was the the story about the the boy who was kidnapped and and later um found dead or missing or not kidnapped but the, the boy who went missing and then was later found dead and they're they're still not sure how he died um so there's there was it was a wild shoot. I've never been on anything like it, and I I think I'm safe to say that we we probably won't experience it again just because of the, you know, the length of time and and how crazy it it was. Um, now, if you think that's crazy, though, we we just did a shoot in Tennessee where we filmed a, a movie which features you, Aaron, heavily uh, while also shooting. Uh, probably five or six other YouTube shows all over the course of three days. There was a lot going on there. There were moments where I needed to go outside for something and I was scared to come back in because interviews were happening in like three different rooms. Right. And I was like, oh man, microphones. It, it was a lot. Yeah, we did it though. Yeah, do it. I have a I had a question that kind of I'm not trying to interrupt. Somebody asked something similar, and I was even thinking the same thing. Like just from an outsider's perspective, you mentioned kind of chasing. So chasing stories, like when you are somewhere, so you're playing for one thing, you've kind of more or less maybe storyboarded one thing. How often does that happen where you, where it ends up turning into multiple, whether it's episodes or movies or even like gathering new ideas from one place? Because I'm, I'm new as a, as an actual STM employee, I've been on some of these, but that's a, a it's always interesting to hear how that creative process is altered and what you have to do to adjust to that. Um, I don't this had never happened before, not to this extent, not to where we were able to get an entire second movie out of, out of another movie, uh, shoot. So it's not now 
as far as like blueprints being altered, the blueprint is so in flux to begin with, which both <laughs> of you, you, both of you already know this. Like Adam was on one of the longer STM shoots, which was the, on the trail of UFOs, uh, East coast, uh, trip. Like that was, that was one of those trips where that, that probably is next to Alaska, the longest shoot we've done. Um, so you've been around it. it. It's, there's nothing set in stone at any point when you're making this stuff. Um, we're, we're more, um, I guess we're less flexible than like Alex is because Alex is, is literally just out there capturing what's going on around him, uh, in, in like BTT or like dark coast, especially. Um, but when I, you know, with the, with the movies and, and a lot of the stuff I do is much more focused on witness stories and things like that. You've got your interview subjects. And so you have to hit all those, those notes. You have to hit all those stories. Um, but working with Heather's nice because she'll bring in other, you know, other facets uh, of the story and we'll start to notice little uh, commonalities and reports and things like that during the making of it. I've never had it influence something like this though. Not that I can think the only other one that springs to mind where like something happened during the shoot that really impacted us and the flow of the movie was on the trail of UFOs night visitors, because we had two things that happened during that shoot. One, they were like crazy coincidences. We had in the, like, I think the first night of the shoot, the first night and then, the the following day we had three interviews and um two of them were like witnesses or had witness stories one of them was a, a, a straight up abduction abductee and then the other was a, a lady who's who's um heavily involved with MUFON who had a, a story that just directly corresponded to this guy's story in a way. Then they didn't know each other, had no connection. She'd never heard of him, had no idea who he was, but they both described identical things. I mean, and it was a really bizarre kind of like not common thing to identify. Um, uh, and then the other thing that happened on that shoot was we kept getting these stories about like, uh, some sort of creature like a translucent creature that was roaming the the ranch land of colorado and killing <laughs> killing uh livestock and so that was cool um but it didn't you know it came up in the movie but i don't it didn't change necessarily the course of the movie i mean land of the missing is literally a movie that was not supposed to happen it just happened on the fly so and the raid at area 51 right you guys kind of stumbled into that too correct like oh that, yeah 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 that was another i just remember like yeah well that was all that like yeah that the area 51 thing was wild because um we were we were filming on the trail of ufos season one and it was shannon myself jason and brandon dalo and we were (laughs) bumming around you know nevada and arizona driving through the desert and you know we knew we were going to area 51 but we happened to be going to Area 51 as the storm Area 51 became like a massive media sensation. <laughs> so we we had no idea. We go live on Facebook and suddenly there's like 50, 60, 70,000 people watching us and interacting and mostly trolling us. Uh, <laughs> like, and 
And then we get, we show up at Area 51 and we end up bumping into like a retired military policeman. And so we stuck him in the movie. I mean, like he's at the, he's in the beginning of that first episode. Like we're interviewing Shannon kind of like interviews him at, at the gates, literally at the gates of Area 51. So now that kind of stuff happens pretty often. Yeah. But yeah, the, yeah, the Alaska shoot special though. I don't think, I don't think we'll repeat it. It's a, it was a. It, it, I don't think it's repeatable for one thing, but um, to have the stories come directly to us, like almost like they wanted to be told is how Mark has put it. Um, that was really, really interesting. That's cool. I knew some of those anecdotes, but not most of them. Um, uh, that's, that's 17 days. God, uh, we do have, we have several audience questions, which I knew was going to happen tonight. Um, Let's see. There was one I wanted to knock out first, and now I can't find it. Oh, here it is. Eli Watson asks, what about me? What about me? What about you? What about... Um, yeah, Eli Watson was there, too. I, I've, I just met, I mentioned it. He was out at Area A for probably like 70% of the shoot, and then he met up with us in uh, near Denali for the last... Uh, I think three days that we were there when we were in Denali, I was in a different location. I stayed in this like primitive cabin because originally I was going to make, we were going to make another YouTube thing on top of all the other stuff we were doing. I was going to do like a two part Bigfoot project special out at this cabin, but nothing really weird. Well, it's not, it'd be disingenuous to say nothing really weird happened. I mentioned the baby crying sound that we heard out there in in the movie in the narration for the movie um or is that that might be in the second movie i think that's in lotm but um there were there was actually a couple of things that happened out there that were kind of odd we heard like children laughing and playing but there's no houses near there um we had uh, a black suv roll in there at like you know 1 a.m for no apparent reason and there were <laughs> there were just two dudes like well-dressed sitting in the SUV and then they left and that was kind of weird. Um, so, so yeah, so I stayed, I stayed in this little primitive cabin. It was, it was my favorite place to stay though. The entire trip I'd walk out my front door in Denali national park was in, in basically the front yard of the cabin. Um, so that was awesome. But, yeah, I don't know what I was how how I got off talking about that. <laughs> well, Eli was there. Oh yeah, Eli was <laughs> Eli was around. He went on a helicopter ride with me. We ate pizza. It was great. Fantastic. That's that's the answer, Eli. <laughs> you were there, uh, Mister Taller Store Gloves. Seth, do you storyboard your shoots? No. Um, the only thing we storyboard is if we're doing narratives. Um, narrative, either narrative moments or like you know, heavy narrative sequences like in Jersey Devil or Momo, um, you know, we'll storyboard those. Santino will typically would do our storyboards and we would follow those pretty closely. Um, but as far as the doc, I mean, no, you can't, the way we shoot stuff, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know if people think our stuff's like, you know, like we, we do the typical like television stuff and like we do takes and then redo stuff. Like we don't shoot that way. Like Aaron can 
vouch for me on this. Like we really, even, even the sequences where we have control over certain elements, like, like Aaron and Shannon in, in Tennessee talking to each other or Kentucky talking to each other. Um, that that's just what we just we just give them a general like here we probably want to talk about this a little bit have fun and then we just film that yeah and we don't you know we don't really we don't really do second takes or um stuff like that. It, it's i try to keep every shoot as natural as it can be because we're trying to capture or document reality not create some sort of you know fake narrative that uh, is being pushed upon us by executives because um, mm -hmm. that doesn't that's not how we function I was, yeah like i was going to say generally in my experience there's a couple prompts because we need to make sure we're covering the material that we set out to cover but mm -hmm. like with dogman triangle too all of those conversations between shannon and i are just conversations we had so storyboarding would have been a challenge i probably would have messed it up yeah yeah storyboarding um i'm trying to think if we ever storyboarded anything but i can't i can't think of uh you know i've had shots that i wanted to do during a doc like whether it's a a, a slider you know slow roll or something uh, but but that's just in my head that i want to do that thing and then we we shoot it um a lot of the little happy accidents that happen on our shoots become key shots in the movies um like like I, i'm just gonna i should probably use something from last frontier uh but like okay like when we're in the helicopter and there's like one shot of courtney like hanging out the side of this helicopter with the uh big ronin 4d camera that's a great shot there's the shot of alex standing out on the edge of that uh cliff in denali and we're like above every mountain around like we're he's standing at like whatever ten thousand or whatever we were at when we were up there is extremely high i mean he was that's a that's a great shot but those things just happen naturally we're not planning that or posing it you know i don't tell alex go stand out there and we'll shoot <laughs> you looking pensive um and it is it is yeah, funny because funny. like um you know i'm editing on the trailer bigfoot the origin and and that movie is about, um, from my perspective, you know, my mom's death and like going to this place and like nature being, you know, a, a key component in helping people, uh, you know, heal when they're grieving and that kind of thing. And um, there, so I, I was probably in that headspace a little bit myself because there's, there's dozens of shots of like me just staring off at things, which when I first saw it, I'm like, this is I don't want to look at myself this much, but when I'm putting in the narration, it's like, this is great that I actually have this, you know, cause I'm talking about what I'm, you know, what I was thinking about or feeling at that moment. And then we actually have this shot I can put in here. So it's a, uh, it's all natural is what I'm saying. It's, we don't, we don't pre-plan any of the doc portions of this stuff for sure. Interesting. Very cool. Yeah. I've, I've wondered about that. And then I was on a shoot and I was like, Oh, okay. I see. I see now. Yeah. From my experience, it's literally like you wake up in the morning and it's like, these are the places we want to go, but that's as much as is planned out. And then mm -hmm. it's there. And then there are cameras. Everybody's got some variation of a, uh, you know, a standard, what I would call like just a normal camera all the way up to something that is obviously like a filmmaker's tool and shots are used from all of those things. I mean, 
I, I'm maybe maybe I'm thinking maybe I'm not right, but I know that there have been some photographs and things that have been put in that have been from a random shot from a from a cell phone camera, even that just wasn't it wasn't meant to be in uh, well, Mothman. The film. Mothman right. and Point Pleasant has the 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 bulk of the um, recreations in Mothman and Point Pleasant were shot on my cell phone. Um, so yeah, well, no, and I think there's actually footage in uh, on the trail of UFOs that Adam shot. So it's literally like anyone who's around is going to end up with a camera in their hand at some point. At some probably going to yeah. end up using it in the in the final thing. Also, um, in the midst of all that other stuff, Heather is running around in the background frantically trying to keep some semblance of a schedule together. So. I yeah, that, that, that I was going to say when Adam said about like we have locations we want to hit, I was going to say and like maybe half the time we actually managed to hit all the locations we need to hit because of how crazy <laughs> the the days can get and how things get turned around. That's why I mean when Heather came on board, the main reason was we did that Rougarou shoot and we're down in Louisiana and we had so many people pull out or change their times or whatever. And Heather was trying to coordinate all that from Ohio. We got kicked out of a state park and like had to completely change like the, the filming location where we were going to interview people and on the flyer, like driving 35 minutes to a, to a, uh, like some sort of, uh, some sort of uh, government area in this downtown. I forget the name of the, the village in Louisiana, but Heather did all that. Like that was so, so any semblance of a schedule at this point, if it can be pulled off is, is going to be because Heather had to deal with insanity while we were trying to film the movie. <laughs> and also hooking up microphones and mm -hmm. all the other fun stuff she does. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to Heather. <laughs> uh, here's a fun question. We can all maybe chime in on life's adventures. Keeping it real asks best username of the night, by the way, I always, I always shout that out. Uh, is Bigfoot real? My answer is, I think so. What do you guys got? Adam, what do you got? <laughs> uh, I do. If I had to, if I had, to, if I had to like put my foot down and, and say something, I would say, I would say yes. I think short and sweet. I would say yes. Um, I would, I would say that uh, skepticism is always good, but also based on my level of skepticism and my, uh, template for assessing things i would say yes um whatever it is i'm not entirely sure but i would say yes no they're not <laughs> no, i'm just kidding uh yeah i saw one in september of 2021 so i'm at the point where i just say yes they're real because i've seen them um which has led to some interesting conversations between my son and i my six-year-old son and i uh <laughs> So yeah, I'm I'm firmly in the camp that they are real. Well, I'm 99% in the camp that they're real. You got to keep that safety margin in there just in case. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we mentioned Homer, Alaska a little while ago uh, where you guys were sick. And Scott M asks, my brother just moved to Homer. Is there Bigfoot in Homer? I mean, I would assume not directly in Homer, but there's definitely reports from down that way. Um, Larry Beans Baxter is our like on the ground, most knowledgeable person in that part of, of Alaska for, for, um, for reports and stuff like that. Um, yeah, there's definitely reports in and around Homer um, for sure. We interviewed uh, a lady who had seen 
something like a Bigfoot um, near Homer. So yes, reports are are coming out of Homer fairly frequently. And then um, trying to remember. So just beyond Homer, uh, there's a little village. Um, and when I this is a totally the most random thing that ever happened to me. But I was in Switzerland with my dad and my sister back in September. And we're at the, um, junk, I think it's called Jungfrau or Jungfrau. I don't know how to say it, but this is a real high mountain. Um, they used the, the facility for filming a, uh, James Bond movie. It's, it's really cool. It's, it's like this museum and you, you go through and you go up to this huge peak and all this stuff. Anyway, we're crammed in there with hundreds of tourists. And somehow I end up with these two Americans who were like the, two of the few Americans I spoke to the entire time I was over there. Um, but we're, we're in this, we're crammed in this like waiting area to get on an elevator that was out of order. Um, and we got to talking me and, uh, it was this couple and it turned out her brother lives in this little village just beyond Homer. And they had been visiting them down there and, while they were there, uh, he had been driving, her brother had been driving home or something one night from work and saw a Bigfoot cross the road in front of him. And they, they told me this story. It was super cool, um, to hear that, but they were, you know, they're very interested in what we do. And she had an Alaskan sighting story, uh, from her brother. So I thought that was kind of cool. Very cool. So, Pretty much, yes, is what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> no. uh, shout out to Kmart, who just joined the squad in the last few minutes here. Welcome. Kmart. Welcome. We are so happy to have you. As a squad member, Kmart will be able to rewatch this stream an infinite number of times when it becomes squad exclusive. So, <laughs> which we all know is why you're signing up. A uh, <laughs> uh, lot of really interesting audience questions. I'm just going to go in the order that they're coming in. Uh, and we'll we'll have a lot of fun. Silver Fox One Silver Fox says, "Hello, everyone. What is your take on Dogman? Do you think there's a possibility they are being created by governments?" <laughs> I feel like this is your this is your question. I, I loves me a Dogman question. Um, I I I definitely think they're real. I don't know what they are. I've heard conjecture regarding the government hybrid theory. I've seen more evidence to indicate a true cryptid, an unclassified animal, or something spectral or supernatural. Um, I haven't seen anything other than second or third hand testimony to correlate to government things. We we heard the the government stuff came up a few times while we were filming. Uh, Dogman territory. So stay tuned to Dogman territory coming later this year because later. we're probably going to dip into that more. And it's probably in in the book, which has a far better name than the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that. It's a different name. It's a different name. Um, no, yeah, it's that's that's a project we could talk a lot about, and I won't go down that rabbit hole right now. But yes, Dogman, more coming on that, including the government hybrid theory. So, uh, Julie Bug asks, how do you decide what areas you will investigate? Um, I don't, I don't think anymore. I pick places. I just, um, I go for stories, um, and then. You know, sometimes happy 
accidents happen like like what what is taking place in 2024 which is that i think all the movies other than one of the movies that we're making like still have to film this year are all being shot in kentucky um goat man is heavily based in in kentucky um lost contact is obviously based in kentucky and then uh dogman territory is based in kentucky so that kind of like that was just that just was a coincidence pretty much. Although Goatman kind of came out of the fact that we knew we were making lost contact. We knew we were going to make Dogman territory. So it was like, might as well just shoot some Goatman interviews while we're doing the other stuff. Um, Goatman never hurt nobody. uh, I'm Goatman. Come on down to Kentucky. I'm sorry. Uh, But like Alaska was obviously, I just wanted to go. I've always wanted to go to Alaska. Um, And then British Columbia, you know, I'd always wanted to go to British Columbia, but Mark especially had always wanted to go to British Columbia. And so, um, you know, it just, I mean, it's, it's, you go where the stories are. And so that's, that's what we do. I film, I'll film in the 112 degree desert heat, which I've done and I'll film in, you know, minus 10 frigid temperatures in Alaska. I'm good. I'm good with either way. Uh, so it's just, you go, you go where the stories are. Um, I'm making, you know, on the trail of Bigfoot does seem to be like a more, like, I kind of like base the, the movies on places I've, I have a connection to, um, you know, like Alaska was my whole life. I wanted to go to Alaska and, you know, um, my, my mom was real sick and I felt like I'm going to go there. She'll be happy. I finally went you know, and I'll give her this movie to watch. And she, she loved that movie. She loved last frontier. Um, and then, uh, the, the ones coming up is about my dad's side of the family. Um, cause they live down in the deep woods, deep, deep woods of, uh, of, uh, rural North Carolina, just on the other side of the smoky mountains. They're from like Gatlinburg, Tennessee. So, um, my dad's family were in Bryson City, North Carolina, a hundred years before there was a Bryson City. So these people, these people, I got hill folk running in my like blood running in my veins, like legit. And and I, I want to make accent, a movie. Right? I hear the accent. Right yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, to be fair, I also have some Amish in me. I got, a, I got, I got a lot going on. Uh, but yeah, with on the trail of Bigfoot, I. Uh, I think I'm picking those kind of based on personal connections to places. British Columbia is intrinsically tied to Bigfoot on the whole. Um, And I got into this through my love of like the history of the subject through like John Green and that kind of stuff. So that one just kind of fell out of, of that naturally. Um, The one we got to get a movie eventually of that I would love to do would be like Bluff Creek. But unless we hit that before, you know, I don't know. Never mind. Forget it. <laughs> so it just kind of happens is the answer that. No. <laughs> yeah. You'll get yeah. The, the worst rambling answers from me nine times but, out of ten. But that's why I like having you on here because then I don't have to really do anything. Like I would just take audience questions. I let you go and that's what people come for. They're not here to see me. So no, it's great. <laughs> uh, Mothman 46 squad member, longtime STM friend says Alaska is beautiful, but have you guys been to the Bucky's in Kentucky? I have not. I've been to a bunch of the ones in Texas. Um, Bucky's is a nightmare. 
I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. Careful, my, homie. <laughs> my dad, my dad, literally, we just went down to Gatlinburg last week for like a family trip. And my dad took a, a special detour that ended up adding like three hours to his trip just so he could hit a Bucky's. And then I told him, dad, there's like a Bucky's right at the exit for Pigeon Forge. Like you could have gone directly to that Bucky's, but people are crazy about this thing. And I don't get it because <laughs> I made the mistake of stopping at a Bucky's in Tennessee. I'm like, I got to get gas, use the bathroom. We're good. Right. Like 25 minutes later, I'm still trying to get out of their nightmare of a parking lot. And trying to figure walking, out why you bought a kayak. Yeah, and a kayak and a new puppy. Try, try walking Don't into that any place. Of there's, there's like this. There's a wall of noise that hits you when the doors to that place open. That is unlike anything I've ever experienced outside of like a concert. I mean, it's it's crazy what happens at Bucky's. I do this with a beaver. I knew this was going to happen when I saw that question because uh, I tried to get you to go to Bucky's in Texas. So thank you. Oh, did I go on a rant about it there too? Yeah, yeah, pretty okay. much everything you just said. It was great. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it was awesome. <laughs> um, Irida17 asks After a short break, what is your next project? I'm not sure the word break is in. I was going to say, I don't know where the break was. <laughs> I did I did four movies and six episodes of a YouTube series edited all this year while while running the company. So a uh, break is not in our in our game. Uh, uh, Eli said today he did 13 uh 13 docs this year. Alex year. probably did 20 plus. Like there's I mean it doesn't it never stops. So um what is our next project? The the next movie, like film coming out from us, feature film, uh, is on the trail of Bigfoot. No, the next feature film is is the Skinwalkers, American Werewolves two, which was supposed to be out months ago, um, and then after that, we'll be on the trail of Bigfoot: The Origin, and then we'll get uh, into the twenty twenty four releases. Twenty twenty four is going to be insane, guys, because because of the delays from all the the crap we've had to deal with from the former distributor the two of last year's movies two of 2023 movies got pushed into 24 so essentially in 2024 we are putting out as of right now and this is going to go up um there will be seven features coming out so seven feature length documentary films um will will come out in 2024 but there will be more to add to that toward the end of the year because i'm working on some stuff behind the scenes um the on youtube what do we have this week is eli's uh road to discovery mm -hmm. and that's, then that's r2d yeah and then uh which he called me today with some cool in info on that on that episode so i'm sure that'll but yeah there's there's never a lull in what we have coming we have a huge announcement that i wish we could make tonight uh regarding stm just as a uh i can't even get into it yet um but yeah there's a, there's a lot that's how i feel there. every week you know how stressful it is being on this i'm sorry <laughs> i agree <laughs> so yeah we seth doesn't really take breaks Arida. that's a great question so you know 
if, if you don't see him for a while, it's because he's working on 18 projects at the same time. Randy Casper asks, <laughs> what are your thoughts on UFO and orb sightings near Bigfoot sightings? Adam, hit, hit that one. Yeah, I immediately I saw that I saw that question in there and thought about uh, just the um, what was the this is terrible I can't remember the title uh, shooting at the cabin. Oh, there. the Bigfoot project. Yeah, yeah, Bigfoot project. Yeah, like uh, you know I'd always heard of those things, being interested in all of this for so long, and never really paid much attention to them necessarily until um, shooting the Bigfoot project up in Ohio with Seth and. Um, there were and Heather Courtney. There a lot of people were up there, and and being in the woods in a place where there's a lot of where Seth had his had his Bigfoot sighting, um, and knowing everything going on there Bigfoot related, and then seeing what looked like a flashlight in the woods click on an orb more or less, and then uh, comically chasing after it, getting to where it was, and then looking and seeing that it was somewhere where we had just been it was just there and and going around in circles like that and you know realizing how out of shape um i think probably all of us are at the end of it but never having experienced anything like that and then seeing like being like oh well this is what people are talking about so i think there is a connection i don't know um i won't even pretend to know what that connection is but i've experienced it firsthand i think there's something to it um that's that's me yeah i I mean, I'm interested in it. We've interviewed quite a quite a few witnesses who've experienced it. I've, like Adam said, I've somewhat experienced it twice uh, on the Chestnut Ridge. Um, we we had, I mean, and that is 100%. We all saw disembodied lights in the woods. Um, I know the episode that showed it was a little hard to to make out what was happening, but it was 100%. Every single person there saw them. Without a doubt, I've seen them in the woods. Um, I don't think they're connected to Bigfoot, though. I think there's a lot of weird stuff that happens in the woods, uh, and I don't, I don't necessarily connect uh, uh, orbs or, or that kind of thing with Bigfoot. Uh, UFO, straight up UFO reports in conjunction with Bigfoot are far more rare, despite what people seem to think. Um, I would urge people to go talk to. Uh, investigators and researchers and and ask them how many legitimate craft you know lights in the sky in conjunction with a bigfoot report do you actually have and there's going to be very few it's it's just not common um but they do come in waves which is really interesting because i think there's strange places i think that, mm -hmm. i think that maybe that's what i'm trying to, what i was trying to say is that i don't mm -hmm. know if they're necessarily connected either but mm -hmm. i think there are places where strange things happen and i don't I don't know if it's legitimate, like, you know, a Bigfoot has something to do with the light or vice versa, but mm -hmm. there are areas where there are weird things that tend to happen more often than others. And so it only makes sense that you're going to see multiple weird things in the same place. If lots of weird things happen there. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree strongly on that. Land between the lakes is one of them. Uh, shout out to another new squad member, Vicky. Vicky is one of our regular viewers and always has a lot of great questions. So thank you, Vicky. Welcome. Welcome. Wow. And she has a puppy in her profile picture, which that I like automatically it. She's a win. my list. Yeah. yeah, you're in. You're in. You're good. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Let's see. More questions from the wise and intelligent audience. Mr. Dollar Store Gloves asks, what are your thoughts about incidents where Sasquatch seem fascinated with dome tents? 
Um, yeah, I mean, with all I'm aware of is a general fascina fascination with tents in general. Um, the number of stories I've heard about like Bigfoot approaching a tent and pressing on it is uh, is uh, jarring. Um, and it's something I would never want to happen to me. I don't know what, you know, I think it's probably just a general curiosity more than more than anything. Like, why didn't we think of this? Yeah. Why didn't I do this? Nylon. I'm building nests. What's wrong with me? <laughs> leaves? We've been in leaves. <laughs> Frank, come look at this. Uh, <laughs> great question, Mr. Dollar Store Gloves. Always, always bringing the good questions. Um, this came up a little while ago. We were talking about Bigfoot Project. Um, Icelandic girly squad member. Uh, hello. Love your films. Can you tell us about your Sasquatch visual encounters? Hmm. Adam, why don't you start? Visual. visual i can tell them about your visual encounter what you've told me um i've never i've never had a uh, visual necessarily i've had like a um, an audio encounter if that's even an encounter um that we've talked about that a lot so i won't go too deep into it but um just hearing big monkeys in the woods i i don't know how you know that's about the best way that i can say it in a place where there should be no big monkeys Mm -hmm. um, someone's someone in the comments is immediately going to freak uh, out that you called him a big monkey it's gonna I, I know <laughs> that's my that is my personal opinion i am not asking anyone to accept that as my as as fact that's that's me so i am all about you having your own your own views on this subject but what i heard sounded like a big sounded like a gibbon it sounded like a gibbon in in the woods um there are no gibbons in oklahoma that i'm aware of not native anyway and mm -hmm. not 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 ones that can make that uh, that magnitude of sound, I, I guess. So that's been my that's been my only major encounter, but it was pretty significant in my mind. Yeah, I mean, I've told. I think I told the story on the on the other live stream I was on, um, and you can actually see the episode in the Bigfoot Project where I where I had my sighting and talked about it. So. Um, Watch, check, check that out if you haven't seen it. I think it's episode number one of the Bigfoot Project. But I saw a Bigfoot. I saw one. <laughs> and he and Seth, to, to correlate, Seth texted me afterwards. And I think I, I think I just randomly texted, how's it going up there? And he's like, well, I saw a Bigfoot. <laughs> and, I and I just kind of like sat there and I was like, I can't tell if he's like being serious or, <laughs> Wait, or what? what and then i think i said something like are you are you are you joking or whatever and he's like no i literally just like and it was you know a string of text like no i this is exactly it and i was like this is and it takes i don't know if you guys can tell it takes a lot to get seth like excited like <laughs> <laughs> he was legit excited like it was just i could tell by his response um having known him for a while now that like something major had happened it was really interesting to to hear that but yeah the episode's really cool to hear him talk about it kind of in the moment in the moment surrounding it yeah definitely check that one out that's that's a that's a cool one <laughs> i heard monkeys sorry um <laughs> michael tovar <laughs> shout out to michael tovar coming from texas uh seth are you planning on doing more on-site shoots with cliff barackman like the shoot with him at the cabin in ohio um, I mean, Cliff's one of the best people I know, just in general, like let alone within the Bigfoot world. Um, so he's he's always been extremely generous with his time with me. Um, 
And so at some point, I'm sure we're going to do something. We had talked about doing an STM series out of the museum. So I don't know if that'll ever, if that'll ever take flight or not, but um, we talk about doing stuff every time we're together. Um, so if the opportunity presents itself, I'm sure we will. Um, but yeah, that's any, any chance I can get to, to work with Cliff. Yeah. He's such a nice guy. I met him at monster fest and I'm just like, this guy is so nice. Mm -hmm. yeah. Super yeah. nice guy. Uh, Mike and Tactical Bigfoot Research. Great to see you, Mike. Uh, what is your favorite tool for filming? Oh, wow. A camera. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it's funny you said that because I'm like, I, I genuinely think my favorite tool is this 24 to, f what is it? 24 to 400. Is it 24 to 400? No, I think it's 24 to... It's more, it's 24 to 540. I have a 24 to 540 lens, which is crazy. It's a piece of trash. Like the image out of it is, <laughs> is like, there's nothing special about it, but having a 24 to, to, to 540 lens in my kit, there's, I mean, there's no autofocus on directly on the lens. There's none of the fancy stuff. It's plastic housing. We've had, one of those in our in our gear closet at all times since I started making movies, which was over over ten years ago, and um, and I still like every on the trail of Bigfoot shoot. That's my go to. People are like, "What are you using?" And they're all grabbing these like thousand dollar, twelve hundred dollar lenses, and I go for this like it's like a three hundred dollar kit lens, no joke. But I love that's my favorite piece of gear. And I'm not even using the same one I originally had. It's the original is here though, and it's covered in dust. When you open it, that's why I had to stop using it. There's so much dust on the inside of the lens, you can't even use it. Um, but that's my favorite. Nice. Gotta have that that favorite fallback. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh flying one flying one space A asks, uh, how come so many people see Bigfoot but no one can seem to capture it on video? Does Bigfoot know if you have a camera? Uh, I mean, there's tons of videos of purported Bigfoots on the internet, and I'm sure some of them are legit. Um, I can think of one, like the the Blue Ridge uh, Bigfoot footage, um, is some of my favorite. Blue Mountains, Blue Ridge. This is the Blue Ridge, the Paul Freeman footage. That's my favorite piece mm -hmm. of a Bigfoot footage, and I think that's legit. Um, so people catch them. Uh, I can tell you as someone who had a camera functioning in my hand when I had my sighting, the the creature I saw crossed an open stretch of 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 a clear cut in less than a second in broad daylight. And by the time my camera had swung up there, it had already gone into the trees, you know, and, and it's also the fact that I'm seeing this with my own eyes, which totally throws you off, um, you know, your game in the moment to begin with. So it's easy. I see these comments a lot on, on YouTube and stuff. Why aren't there more photos? Why don't we have this? Um, I don't think it's, I don't think the fact that we don't have a photo or, or, or a decent, you know, clear video of a Bigfoot yet. I don't think that that's a, a red flag really i just don't i don't maybe i'm an idiot i mean i probably am but i don't know well we talk no you're not but th think about it this way you know well my, 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 <laughs> <laughs> 
my, my kid is learning to walk. He's in front of me all day and I know he's going to do it and I still can't catch it on video. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know if that's, that might be a false equivocation, but um, yeah, no, it's good. I, I think, think it's a really good. good. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank it's you. like when people say, uh, talk about UFOs, like that's such a weird thing to jump to as like a contrary, you know, contrarian move on why they don't exist. Like, why don't people have footage of a, of a UFO? Like, do you know how difficult it is to zoom in on something in the sky and actually have it be clear? You know, like you can't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, th I feel like I see these questions a lot from people and I'm not targeting flying one a, I'm just saying when I, when I read them, I, I think it's mostly from people who don't, don't, um, I mean, I get the question, so I don't know. I don't know how to put it without sounding insulting, and I don't want to insult anyone. I just think it's like a, it's a, if you put yourself in the sh in the shoes of someone seeing one of these things for the first time, and how much that is going to wreck your brain in the moment, um, you know, like then then extract extrapolate that out to the person who's trying to then get a camera up and like clearly hold it and film the thing, you know, that they're seeing. It's yeah. difficult. Yeah. No, it's a great question. I'm, I'm glad you asked flying one day. Cause I think it's, it's important when we're talking about this stuff, it's important to talk about that. So yeah, great question. Great question. A uh, few more audience questions we've got in the queue here. So we'll try to try to knock these out. Uh, Kmart Kmart asks any chance we will investigate the headless Valley. Uh, it is, it's talked about in, um, in something. <laughs> I think I think one of Alex's BTTs. Um, so it's it's definitely going to be covered at some point. Yeah, I mean, honestly, guys, like the, the we we're gonna hit everything eventually. Like it's just gonna, like eventually we're gonna get to the point where we're we're documenting every just just modern stuff because we've already covered everything historical. So yeah. eventually we'll get to it all. It's all on the list. Yeah. <laughs> uh, quick question from squad member Kimberly Cruz. I love everything you do. Is there going to be anything new for 2024? And what days do they release? I can answer this pretty quick. Yes. Uh, we talked about this a little earlier in the show, but we'll have, I believe, seven major films coming out this year. Uh, not counting YouTube content and uh, I forgot. Oh, what days do they release? We're not entirely sure yet, but keep an eye on our socials. Keep an eye on this YouTube channel. I, I can say like the plan is to try to get something out pretty much weekly. Uh, and usually Sunday is our drop day. We are really hoping to start having uh, midweek content by late 2024 as well. That would be in addition to the Sunday stuff. So there'd be Sunday drops and then the big, you know, midweek drop, which would coincide with the squad drop of, you know, whatever's coming up. And beyond movies, you know, uh, YouTube content, whatever, there's a lot of new stuff in general from Small Town Monsters that's mm -hmm. coming this year. Like just as a whole, things that I don't think anybody is expecting that are going to be really cool just mm -hmm. uh, within the small town monsters world. So that's, mm -hmm. that's, I'm excited about that. Including books, yeah. books, yep. podcasts. Books. Oh, we have a few podcasts, new shows, entirely yeah. new shows, entirely new things. So all new things. Yeah. Short answer is pretty much every week. Kimberly, thank you. <laughs> thank you for asking. Just keep we watching. It'll, it'll keep on coming. 
I can tell you being the person that posts about it to social media every week. So <laughs> every single week. <laughs> uh, we are at the top of the hour. We have uh, just three more questions here. Are we good to go for three more questions? Yeah, yeah. Get, get whatever you All need. Right. All right. Kmart asks any job opportunities at Small Town Monsters right now? What's the P stand for? I'm a production. Productions. Oh, nice. Personas. Very fancy. Um, the only thing right now that I'm trying to find are editors, you know, filmmakers. So that's the, the um, SDM is supposed to be uh, sort of like an ecosystem for, for independent cryptid enthusiast filmmakers. That's what I have always wanted it to be. So hopefully it's a place that uh, other people like Alex and Eli and Tyler Hall and myself can kind of, live and create stuff and then we're surrounded by the most uh, like, the, when i started in filmmaking in 2014 the, the first thing i learned is that um you if you don't surround yourself with like people that are infinitely more talented than you then you will stand still and disappear into the woodwork like like everyone else who tries to become an independent filmmaker and thankfully that's what stm has become it's becoming a, f a growing family of extremely talented people and everyone brings their own little thing to the table um i was a writer guys i don't know if you knew this but i, I yeah it's unreal my vocabulary is crazy but um uh everyone brings their own you know like i talk about this with aaron a lot i've complimented on him him on it numerous times and i've said stuff to adam about it but aaron's biggest attribute for me is his his the energy and passion he brings to the company it's unlike anything else you know at stm and so um He's also an extremely talented writer, obviously. He has a great voice, which is going to be put to Aww, use here coming funny. up. Um, and so he has, he, has, he has a lot of different talents. Heather's an amazing researcher. Zach does great you know, graphic design stuff. Courtney keeps us afloat by <laughs> double-checking our books uh, and helping film things and stuff like that. Adam's brought his organizational skills to the table. Like As we grow as a company... There, everyone brings their own piece of the puzzle to the table. Um, and then, you know, and, and hopefully it's all in service of creating really great films or, or YouTube, whatever you want to call it, content, whatever, whatever label you want to stick on it, creating something that's really great that the people that get to watch it um, enjoy. I mean, we I sent, was that on New Year's that I sent that? message we had or i had an email from someone who said it gives her peace mm -hmm. like yeah. watching our stuff i mean that that we get that kind of thing constantly from people like this this helped me in some way i think the biggest thing is that the thing i hear the most is that um our movies or alex's btt or eli's mysteries whatever it is take people to places they might never get to go and so yeah that was the most rambling answer to that question you could possibly have had i apologize <laughs> i thought it was really nice that's a great way to you know close out the hour loved it <laughs> 
So editors, we need editors. Email us. Mm -hmm. Contact us at smalltownmonsters.com. Yeah. Uh, 1990 NA6 asks, what's your favorite Dogman stories? Mine is uh, Plum Creek in Texas. That's mine. Uh, I'm a sucker for the, the Martin Groves account. Um, just because we were the first people to capture it on on camera i guess capture it in general um and we were we were incredibly blessed to <laughs> to have him come to us and then get to be you know the ones that uh put that put that into the into the public eye because it's a really interesting account and martin's a, a really great guy um so i think that's my favorite Seth took my answer. I'm not. I'm not nearly as familiar with the dog man. With just the the, the general, uh, the lore and the and the stories. But I did, that one struck me as really cool, being that it was kind of like that was its first kind of like a, it was uh, the first telling and the and the opportunity that STM had to be the one to kind of convey that that story. I thought that was super cool. Yeah, on Martin uh, to tease some of what we have coming on Kickstarter. Martin is featured. Uh, in a film that's coming up and then i also have talked to him extensively for hunting grounds so his encounter is is we're going to keep talking about that so yeah definitely mm -hmm. a favorite there and then last question of the night folks this actually teases into next week's release alex asks has the olympic project found a new nest hmm. i don't know hey we'll see there were i know there were other nests found um Aside from sort of the nest site, there was another newer nest site that was found that we did not make it to when we were filming Discovery. And I think uh, Eli has more info on some of that stuff in his in his next uh, episode, and then with the series in general. Which uh, right now, I think I'm allowed to say he's he wants that to be an ongoing. So, Road to Discovery is probably going to keep going for a while. So nice, nice. Yeah. Thank you for that question, Alex. I could not have timed that better myself. Um, you can find out more about what the Olympic Project is doing in the next episode of Road to Discovery, which will be available early this week for squad members worldwide next Sunday. Um, but with that, gentlemen, it's been an honor. It's been so great to have you both here. Thank you for making time. Yeah, thanks yeah, for thank having you. me. This is, this, is, this is fun. This is fun. Yeah, we'll do this again. Um, a huge thank you to everybody for watching. Anyone whose questions we didn't get to or that I miss, my sincere apologies. Um, I, I am not as smart as most of you, so it's hard for me to keep up. But we appreciate you asking. We appreciate you coming back every week. And we will see you next time. You've been listening to the Small Town Monsters Broadcasting Network. If you enjoyed this show, consider giving it a like, review, rating, or sharing it with a friend. And be sure to visit smalltownmonsters.com for more info about this and other STM projects.